0: Episode 21 my name is Alicia Gregg and I'm your host and fellow brave mom this journey of motherhood is unlike any other journey we are often wondering if we're getting it right with every new season our kids grow into we find ourselves fighting new fears as mothers. And as Christ followers, we know that the road won't be easy, and Scripture gives us that heads up. The same is true for our children. So in order to raise uncompromising children of the faith, We need to be able to model that. So, welcome to the Journey to Bravery podcast, Mama. Today is part three of our four part series on generational sins. The first week we talked about the origins and that with the fall of man in the book of Genesis, a cycle of brokenness began. And just like we hand down to our children, our physical traits we also hand down behaviors mindsets and attitudes in this same way some sins are also handed down to our children because sin has a negative effect on those around us and when we don't heal from the sin that is done to us or that we've done to others we then project these things onto the next generation. Last week was part two, and we talked about the overcomer of generational sins. And I always smile when I talk about this, but it is, of course, the one and only Jesus Christ. He is the one who broke the cycle of sin and gave us the opportunity to live a brand new life. So, If you are catching this message and missed part one and two, be sure to check it out. I have left some links below for you. So at the end of last week's message, I actually left you with a Brave Mom challenge, and that was to examine your heart for unrepented places. Sin separates us from God. All sin, not just the big and obvious ones, but any sin, because God is holy. So if we want to heal and overcome and be made new, we have to practice repentance in our lives. And that's turning from our sin and saying, Father, I have wronged you. Repentance is a desire to want to be shaped into the image of Christ by leaving our sinful ways behind. It's the willingness to, to be convicted in order to grow in sanctification. Mamas, we cannot afford to simply continue living hurt and broken and bound to sin because it affects everyone around us. It affects our children and their children and their children. 1 John 5, 4 always brings me great encouragement. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God? Mamas, because we believe Jesus is Lord, that he is the son of God, scripture says that we can overcome anything this world puts us through. With that in mind, today we are moving on to forgiveness. The topic title is Forgiven First. Naturally, this podcast is a bit longer than the others because Forgiveness can be a very sensitive and difficult topic, so I wanted to spend a little bit more time on this. So in this series, I've talked a lot about my past and my upbringing, the generational sins that have affected my family and myself personally. I've mentioned that there has been sexual abuse, physical, emotional, as well as divorce, addictions, abandonment, foster care, And when I say family, I'm not referring to my home and the children I'm raising. I'm referring to me and my parents, cousins, aunts, uncles, my extended family. And I know when you have been deeply wounded by someone else, forgiveness can be a sensitive topic and almost sometimes downright offensive. I I know, because I've been there. And I also know that carrying the burden of unforgiveness is heavy. It's exhausting, it's binding, in that it keeps you tied to your pain and reliving it. It's like a constant reminder of what you have experienced. And it doesn't just replay mentally, but emotionally, you feel the weight of that burden over and over again. Physically and emotionally, it just takes a toll on you and it affects your character, your attitude and behaviors. The hurt can be so deep. It actually feels impossible to go through with forgiveness. But in Ephesians 4.31, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. I love that scripture because I feel like it just perfectly describes what unforgiveness feels like, the bitterness and the anger and what it does to us. And then, what forgiveness actually looks like by getting rid of those things and how it's accomplished, and that's in Christ. So let's go to the book of Matthew, and we're going to be reading quite a bit. So get your Bible or your Bible app on your phone. um, Pause the video, pause the podcast, and it's Matthew chapter 18, and I'm actually reading the NLT translation. We're going to be going through verses 21 through 35 and it says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. I know that's one that we've all heard a lot. In verse 23, therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell before his master and begged him Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then the master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time, Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of his other fellow servants saw this, they were upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt. Because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have shown mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he could pay his entire debt. And the last verse, verse 35 says, That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. And I think... The key word of this entire passage is from your heart. This parable is a reflection of what Jesus did for us. So in this story, Jesus is the merciful king who sees that we are in great debt because of our sins. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And we are the servant with a debt too large to pay. The master in the parable has every right to collect what is owed to him, to take everything that this man owns. But the master had mercy on him. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. This is the debt that we owe because of our sin. Death is what is deserved of us. That's how serious sin is to God. Adam and Eve, I look at their story and I think all they did was eat the forbidden fruit. They got curious and began to doubt God. And then we see God respond with a great consequence, one of which is death. So we don't gauge the severity of our sin against other people. I know I have been guilty of that in the past. I think it's human nature to compare and try to justify our wrongdoings against others who have quote-unquote done worse things. Well, what I did isn't as bad as what they did. So But we don't measure sin with our own judgment. We don't measure it with our own convictions and expectations or even standards that we set for ourselves or other people. We measure our sin against a holy, perfect God because it is against him that we sin because he is the judge, not me. He sets the standards and the rules. I'm the convicted sinner. And when God becomes our standard of good, then we realize we are no better off than any other sinner. And God offers all of us, even those who have hurt us, an opportunity to be reconciled back to him. And that is what he wants. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord isn't being slow about his promise, as some people may think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So here's what we have so far. I am in debt. I go before the throne with a repentant heart asking for forgiveness for my own sin that he might have mercy on me. And because of God's great kindness, he does. Jesus pays my debt on the cross. And now I can pass from death to eternal life. It's a beautiful, incredible gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 28 of the parable says, But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. The servant had begged for mercy, but he refused to show it. And my thoughts are always, how dare this servant? He has some nerve. He was just shown great forgiveness for his debt. How can he do that? And then I realized that too was me. Once upon a time, I was that servant. I had people in my life that I simply refused to forgive. According to me, they didn't deserve it because of what they had done. I had been shown great mercy for my own sins. But like the unmerciful servant, I was in my heart demanding a payback For what was done to me. That's what we do in unforgiveness is hold on to a debt we feel is owed to us because of a hurt or a betrayal that needs to be made right. You hurt me and now something needs to happen to redeem that. Thinking about my own situation, about the sexual abuse I experienced as a child. If my abusers came forward to apologize and offer amends asking what can I do to make it right? My answer would be nothing. There is nothing you can do to give back what you took from me or how you hurt me. A person's best efforts can never ever fully redeem the damage they may have caused whether they ask for forgiveness or not. They cannot repay the debt owed, but Jesus can, he did, and he will with repentance of any person. In the parable, Jesus foretells what is to become of those who receive this gift of grace, but then refuse to show mercy on others. And I think when we allow God to really, really convict us in that, it softens our heart in preparation for forgiveness. You know, we may never forget the hurts that we have experienced or maybe the things that we've done to other people, but that's not what forgiveness is about. It's about putting the debt that's owed in the hands of Jesus, the one who paid the debt for all who would believe in him. Forgiveness is about leaving justice to be handled by a just and almighty God. So how do we move forward with forgiving those who have hurt us? Because sometimes it's just not that easy. I remember when God began to lead me towards forgiving my offenders, I was stuck in a state of refusal I did not want to move forward with it because I was still angry and I wrestled with it for a very long time. So how do we become willing? We know that forgiveness is something we are commanded to do unto others, but how do we take those steps? First, we're going to go to the book of Luke in chapter 5. There is a group of people that bring their paralyzed friend to Jesus. And he's been paralyzed his whole life. And his friends carry him a very long way to be healed. But Jesus says something so interesting. And it's in verse 20. He says, your sins are forgiven. What an unexpected thing to To hear, these people are hoping to receive a physical healing. But I think it's encouraging to notice that when Jesus cleanses us of our sins, he then heals and makes all the broken places whole within us. But the Pharisees, who were the religious scholars of that time, were thinking in their hearts, as scripture says, who can forgive sins but God? And then Jesus turns to them and says, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus has the ability to forgive sins. It's his to give because he would be the one to bear it all. Therefore, giving him alone that right and that authority. When we practice the act of forgiveness, it's doing what Ephesians 4.31 says, getting rid of the bitterness and the anger. In forgiveness, you are releasing that person to God trusting that God will do what he says in Romans 12:19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, "I will take revenge. I will pay them back," says the Lord. So the question is, do we trust the Lord? in that promise that he will pay them back for what they've done. So to finish up, when you search on blueletterbible.org, it shows you the biblical root word for forgive, and it's aphiomi, and some definitions of it that I found to be really interesting are to lay aside, to let go, to give up a debt in order to go to another place to leave one by not taking him as a companion. This so beautifully summarizes everything that we just talked about. This unforgiveness keeps us bound in companionship with pain instead of healed and free in Christ. It leaves us demanding payment from someone else when we've just been given forgiveness for our own debt. So forgiveness doesn't relieve the other person of their consequences, certainly not. It releases us of the pain, of the burden of anger and the bitterness so that we might be able to join fully to Christ. Mamas, I think you have an idea of what the Brave Mom Challenge is going to be. And it may take you a little while, but it's time to forgive. It's time to rid yourself of anger and any resentment that you feel from the hurts that you may be holding on to. If you have unforgiveness in your heart for someone, I probably don't need to tell you to reflect in order for you to know who it is. It's likely that they've been on your mind this entire time. And the best place to take a first step in forgiving those who have hurt, betrayed, abused, and oppressed you is by first recognizing our own sin and our own desperate need for a savior, our own need to have our debts forgiven. And when we repent with our heart and ask for God's grace and mercy, that through Jesus, he would forgive us. And like the king in the parable, he will look down and have pity on you and forgive you. True repentance changes the heart. It's the beginning of a new you, a new creation in Christ. It's the beginning of you being able to extend that same mercy to others. And from there, Begin praying that God would continue to soften your heart. Tell him that you do not wish to carry this heavy burden any longer and that you need his help to let go and hand over the debt to him. Scripture tells us to pray for our enemies and those who have wronged us. And when we do, even in the smallest ways, He will begin to work on your heart and give you the strength and the compassion that you need to forgive those who have wronged you. Brave Mama, you are in my prayers. You can do this. Start with just the first step and let God lead you the rest of the way. Thank you for listening today, Brave Mama, and I pray that this helps you on your journey. I would love for you to take a moment to leave a review. If you're listening on Apple podcast, it would be so wonderful to hear from you. And remember to subscribe to this podcast and you'll get notified every Monday to listen in because we mamas need those auto reminders to be able to take care of ourselves. So hit the subscribe button and until next week, be brave mama.